1: and Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bears All Access, presented by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak, along with Tom Thayer on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, and welcomed to be joined by Roy Robertson-Harris, the Bears defensive end. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Thank you for H- had me. a heck of a game the other night, huh?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, preseason's been pretty well for me, and uh, I want to continue to um, play well, perform well, do what I can to get a Bears win, and contribute to the defense and take it in the regular season of week one against three, Green Bay. Three and a
1: half sack preseason already for the big guy. Right? Tom.
2: You know, do you have? A, I don't even want you to tell me, but do
0: you have a goal set in your mind in terms of sacks? Because I would imagine every defensive lineman has an imaginary number. And when I saw your sack the other night, so now you're rushing the outside shoulder and you reach in with your left arm, and you grab the quarterback. I mean, the distance you can cover and the types of sacks you've had so far in the preseason, do you have that secret number?
2: I don't right now. Um, at this point, it's just get healthy or stay healthy right. and, uh, throughout the preseason, and then uh, once week one hits, we'll we'll start writing notes down about goals and what we want to accomplish for the year good for you
1: is that something that you guys talk about individually when you say you're going to sit down and and do that or is that something coach jay rogers tries to put in your heads hey guys think this way
2: well jay jay does a good job of hey think this way about you know getting to the quarterback jay wants us to get as many sacks as possible he wants us to get sacks every third down um individually i want to write down how many sacks i want to get for the year how many tackles tfls things like that i have a uh, set number of sacks that I do want to get for the year, things like that. Um, I do every single year, um, but that's not something Jay harps on. He's more so, hey, every third down should be a sack, should be a takeaway. You know, every sack should be a forced fumble, um, things like that.
1: I would think the best way, and Tom, as a player for yourself, when it it's individual, obviously, you know that that sounds good and everything, but in the framework of the team, say a third down sack that results in a forced fumble, strip sack. Guy scores a touchdown. It's a meaningful play in the overall effort that results in a victory. Do do you look at plays like that and say, okay, week seven I made this play, but it resulted in a win? Same for you, a big block that may have resulted in a big run that led to a win.
0: Well, you know, Roy, in those terms, I think like – when you take on a massive double team of two offensive linemen, now you know that there's trying to guy, a guy trying to get to the second level, and you hold him up. In John Timu, it happened to him the other night. You took on a big double team. Timu comes to the outside and makes a perfect solo tackle. That has to be as rewarding in terms of what Jeff is talking about as if you you know make a tackle at the line of scrimmage, the way you right. support your teammates.
2: Right. I mean, it's, it's all about being in the best position to get your guys to make plays. And um, like you're saying, the double teams – it gives Timo a chance to make a play, even a TFL that I can't get to because I'm taking on a double team. Little things like that are game changers for us.
0: So you're getting a lot of reps at practice. You're getting a lot of reps in the games. You're on two different special teams. You know, so I look at the elevation in Denver, feet, 5,820 feet, and then I looked up UTEP, and it's 4,006 feet elevation. <laughs> yeah. Were you in condition for immediate um, work at Denver, or did you feel better after two days or
2: three days? I definitely felt better after a couple days. Um, being that I have been up here uh, for the past <laughs> few years, I haven't been back in El Paso right. since Pro Day, um, so I did have to get used to being that high in elevation um, again, but being at UTEP, I feel that I was in pretty good shape anywhere else that I went because we were so high in the mountains, um, but I did have to get used to it a couple of days. I think that played in my favor that we did practice a couple days with them and then play the game. It it definitely did help.
1: Roy Robertson-Harris, our guest here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Jeff and Tom with you as well. Paul Zorang, our engineer, and Dan Barilli, our producer, helping things out at Halas Hall. Now, that's some good research right there because I, I I didn't even come into my head that UTEP is a higher yeah. well, elevation. Uh, I, I've know, never been
0: down there. With our experiences coming from the Midwest in college, going Notre Dame to Air Force, or going from Chicago to play Denver Broncos and stuff, I, I just, you know... That was always in our minds because we didn't have experiences. Maybe when you're a younger person, you have a little bit of experience with
2: elevation. You kind of know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, I had to ask Danny, hey, how's elevation? Is it, what it, <laughs> is it really what people expect? And he's like, oh, man, it's it's real out there. Like, you're going to you know, make sure you need to hydrate properly and make sure you control your breathing. And then I thought back, was like, well, I played in El Paso for four years, five with a red shirt. It shouldn't be too bad, and sure enough, I got my second win in the middle of practice. You know, things started to get better. Um, And then obviously in the game, you practice with them for two days, had a mock game, things like that. After a while, you get you get pretty used to it. Well, the you funny
1: thing is, you come off the bus. The first thing you see is this big sign right. <laughs> about altitude sickness and yeah. all this business. But they you remind you on
2: the side of the stadium too. It says five thousand two hundred eighty <laughs> right. feet. They make sure that you know put that you're that your high. Yeah. You know,
0: most defensive linemen, when it's not their period, they get a chance to rest or relax. You're on kickoff return. You're on extra point and field goal protection. You're on extra point and field goal block. So for a guy like you, because you're such a good athlete, sometimes you're Coaches are tempted to get you more involved than some other guys. I've spent my entire career from my first game to my last game on kickoff return. Yeah. How, as a defensive player, how how are you absorbing and accepting that
2: role? I love the fact that coach wants me on special teams. Right. Um, As I've gotten – (laughs) <laughs> to this point, <laughs> as friends, I think I think the fact that we played in Denver in the elevation, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I don't know, but the fact that I have these roles, it makes me feel good that coaches trusting me, right. that I can play defense and play special teams. Um, but as time goes on, I feel like you know, I've been more focused on playing defense. I feel like special teams. I played a whole year starting on punt return, starting on kickoff return. I felt comfortable enough. Hey, let me focus more on defense. Reverse last year I was more focused on, hey, special teams, I gotta make the team. That's right. how you're gonna do it. Very I'm good. drafted rookie, things like that. Defense, defense will come because I'm not getting as many reps. Now it's reverse. I'm getting all I'm getting all these reps in the game, all these reps in practice and it's reverse, special teams, I'm not really getting any reps because, I mean, we don't know how the how it's all going to unfold. The extra run.
0: point field goal protection where your job is is yeah. difficult. Yeah. You know, you have, he has two guys. He has an inside guy he has got to be long enough to yep. up, get the outside well, guy. He's too. long enough. Right. <laughs> we but, know you that. Know, um, you know, Steve McMichael did the same role when I was here, a defensive lineman who was talented. And when I see you in that role out there, I can see, okay, no know why Roy's picked for that. Well, the
1: path is quite similar in In many respects, to Israel Adonije when he was here a, a big bodied player like yourself who cut his teeth on special teams and would run down the field at his size as as you guys are are very similar in that size, it was pretty scary for for the guy that he was going to get hit by, but then he evolved and they 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 yodoed his weight constantly, so yeah. one year he was this and he was inside next year he's this he 's outside. You've been building ever since college. Your weight to what it is right now. You, you said earlier about two ninety five. Is that right? Yes. Do you feel comfortable with that? You still swift, quick. You feel good about that.
2: I feel pretty good. Um, one thing I would say: the fact that I played a lot of special teams last year, I do feel that I was more comfortable at that weight, being that I didn't play that many snaps on defense. Now that I'm a little bit heavier, I'm sitting here like, uh, should I lose maybe five pounds if I do have to play a lot of special teams this year? So it's kind of like it's kind of a waiting game because preseason I haven't had to play really that many special team snaps. At least pump return, kickoff return. I only did uh, two or three kickoff return snaps um, this the other day. Pump return, I haven't played any snaps. And then field goal, you're taking two steps. You're not really going to feel it. Um, So would that
1: be a personal choice that you could present to your coaches, or do they tell you, hey, you know? You, right. Uh,
2: me me and Jay spoke about the weight. He um, he does want me at 295. Um, and that's to be a little more stout on double teams, you know, taking on guys in the run, things like that. Um, but it would be a little more tougher for me to have to run after guys on punt return to get blocks if I'm 295. It's a little bit different. Last year I was 285. So um, I think it'll be a personal decision, you know, maybe get down to about 90, 92. Um, I feel like I've Strength trained pretty well over the summertime, and um, if I were to play at 90-92, I'd still play um, the same on defense as well as playing on special teams.
1: Roy Robertson-Harris, our guest here on Bears All-Access. We'll pick up the conversation where he left it off, his off-season work, what he did in the gym and in the boxing ring. Yes, That's Roy Robertson-Harris here on Bears All-Access with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over one million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at igs.com. Jeff Joniak, Tom there, and our guest, Roy Robertson Harris, the big defensive end, entering his third year here with the Bears and off to a heck of a start. And a lot of the roots of your off season was built in the gym, and you uh, went to various different lengths to, to get yourself in the condition you wanted. What was the plan? How was it executed, and why did you choose to do what you did?
2: So Jay talked about boxing a lot. Anytime we've done um, workouts and OTAs, he try and throw a little bit of boxing in there. So, hey, let me try this. Let me see how I feel comfortable with you know in the summertime. So pound-for-pound pound boxing over in Highland Park, Got in contact with them, and twice a week I would go in there. Hand speed. Well, first we do we do a little bit of conditioning, um, so we'll do uh, one-minute intervals and do three rounds, about five different workouts. Dog tired after I'm done. <laughs> and then we get in the ring, we do a lot of different hand speed drills, and get on the heavy bag. You got to take on double teams, so why not work on the heavy bag? And then um, I also worked with Chuck Smith over in Atlanta. Um, we did a lot of pass rush moves and – things like that, working on double hand swipe, working on the stab, um, little things like that to just help with my pass rush in the games. I feel like um, that made a huge difference uh, so far. And um, definitely want to take that into the regular season.
1: Chuck played for the Atlanta Falcons yeah. and yep. uh, tutors a ton of, yep.
0: of pass rushers now. Are you telling me ex-NFL players now? No, I'm I'm joking. To the audience. You know what's cool about your room is I, I really like the energy that Dr- Jay Rogers brings upon you guys every day. If you come out there, dra- uh uh-uh. yep. not you're not going to be that way. But, you know, outside of Keem, I like the youth in the room. Mm-hmm. Because you got to pull, you have to pull Jonathan. Jonathan Bullard's got to push you. You got to push John Jenkins. He's got to push you. Eddie and the whole crew. You know, you do have that enthusiasm from your position, Coach, which I think is really important. Because offense and defense, every day practice is kind of monotonous. Mm-hmm. But he's a type of guy that can cultivate your, that young talent on this
2: team. No doubt, uh, Jay is a real energetic guy. Even in meetings, he's he's real he's real upbring. He's real positive. Um, He brings it out to the practice field. If we're coming off sluggish, he's hey, we got we gotta have that juice out there today. Let's make sure we bring the juice every (laughs) single day. That's Jay. And that's uh, one thing I do like about Jay is he makes sure that he's real positive with us every single day. Hey, let's get it going today. If you're having a bad day, let's make sure we get out in the practice field and make it a good day.
0: I think that's one of the things about the fundamentals and the techniques of offensive and de- defensive linemen. You've got to be positively reinforced every right. day, whether you're in high school, college, and even especially at this level because the talent you're seeing every day. Is different, and that's the thing. So you go in the first two preseason games, you go out there and you play against the guys, and it's the first time they see you and you see them. So now you got a series of one on ones and different type of tempo periods with the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. Did that help you in the game, or did it make things a little bit different?
2: I feel like it definitely helped me in the game. Um, You'll see like one on ones, you'll see the way guys set. Um, You see, hey, this guy is going to jump set you. He's going to sit there and wait for you. All right, that's the opportunity for one move or another. Um, so definitely two days, two old days, two practices with these guys. Um, I think it made a big difference, and you're able to see what guys' tendencies are in practice and what they're going to do in the game.
0: You know, you're a long guy, and one of your best moves is a, as a, 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 your hand right to the middle of the offensive lineman's chest, and they, they can't stop you because they can't touch you and you're driving back. So you get an offensive guard, offensive guard IM, you see he's got stumpy little arms. <laughs> Are you licking your chops because your length is such an asset in pass rushing? No
2: doubt. Um, That's one thing that I feel like Jay has helped me with is making sure that I use my length uh, to to my advantage, um, especially if a guard has shorter arms. And um, I try to make sure that that's something I'm practicing every single day. Um, whether it's during one-on-ones, team periods, if we're just working on you know, individuals, just, hey, work on that stat, working on getting your arms out, making sure you striking the guy in the chest. is something I've made an effort of working on every single day.
1: And that's what happened to Ron Leary in the game on uh, on Saturday night, that left arm. And we talked about with Jay Rogers uh, at practice before training camp ended about unlocking the hands of his guys, in, in particular Leonard Floyd. And I'm certain that applies to you as well and everybody that's rushing the passer at Brandon Staley talking about that for Leonard Floyd, obviously the outside linebacker. But so the Denver post apparently did how long it took to get pressure on case Keenum. They, they timed it or whatever. And so it took 2.89 seconds and, that's 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 the time it took for you to put the left hand on the chest and wrap up the quarterback with yeah. those thirty-three and a half inch arms. Is that what it is? Thirty-three and a half? I don't know. I didn't go. They're pretty long. I didn't They're go to the, yeah, the combine. Yeah, the half
0: sack or the individual sack?
1: That was when he grabbed him. Okay. Remember, I said yeah. it, was yeah. like, it was like a raptor a flying raptor, down because yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was really
2: you, you really did it with one arm. Yeah, I mean uh, that's the beauties of having long arms. Um, I try to make sure if I if I can't get to a quarterback, I at least reach for him. And, And it's hit or miss. I either get him or, you know, he'll step up and go. But, um, you know, thank God I was able to get him down. I think I had the same exact – the plays look identical to each other. one uh, in the Hall of Fame game and the one I had in Denver, um, looking at it on film. But um, I feel like I got the job done and – it's not about how cute or pretty That's it right. looks. It's like, <laughs> hey, get it, get the quarterback down and get it to third. Hey, down. when you're
1: mugging the quarterback, it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Hey. It's exciting nonetheless, which which <laughs> drives me to think. What here's a what if scenario. So, if you were say two seventy five to two ninety as a college defensive end with your hand down on the ground, what kind of damage might you have done? Because you didn't rush. You weren't asked to rush the passer as much in college. You were outside linebacker. They did a lot of zone blitzing. A lot of zone. Uh, type of pressures you ever think about that if it yeah. would have started that way
2: being well I was uh I was actually defensive end just in a different system um we did a lot of zone, 4-2-5 right uh, 4-3 just 4-3 oh was it yeah. 4-3 is mm-hmm. everything I read they say it was a four-two-five 2 5 defense it wasn't accurate though. yes it was uh so we ran we did run a lot of zone pressures and it was uh it was tough to rush anytime I did get a chance to rush it was we ran well, I mean Conference USA, it's a passion league. Everyone's in the shotgun, everyone's quick pass out. You only got two seconds to to get to the quarterback. So um I feel like I didn't get enough opportunities to rush. Um with the zones, you know, we're either dropping to a flat to a running back, fullback, tight end, or running, you know, for the safeties to come through and or mics to, you know, rush and get, get themselves sacks and Um, I did feel comfortable in that defense, but at the same time, I wish I did have more opportunities, but uh, now we're here, can't live in the past, and just trying to get better here in this NFL league.
0: How about your evolution as a defensive player against RPO specifically, because you are in a position of influence in how they're going to run that play. Has it has it changed your approach, or do you just have to play with more awareness according to the down and distance formations and personnel you see?
2: It's all about the awareness. Um, you have to know the down and distance. Um, it's all about watching film, what you, you know, what you see on film. Hey, these guys are going to run this on this down. These guys are going to run this on this down. Um, it's all about studying your opponent, seeing what they're going to do at the end of the day.
1: In terms of uh, the run game, is your size how do you maintain pad level and stick to it in your head because the first thing you do is you just go you you, you go back to what you know yep. right to to make the play
2: right uh being being six six it is tough for me to keep low pad level um and Jay gets on me about that every <laughs> single day hey this is what you need to work on your pad level and your feet um I think if i if I get my pad level lower I'd be just fine as a player i the, the downfalls and the negative plays that I do have is because of my height. I I get up and I stand straight up, and um, that's been I think since I've been playing ball, that's been one of my toughest things. Um, Calais Campbell makes it look easy, but yeah. I mean he's Calais Campbell. I'm not so. Yeah. Um, yet that's yet. right, big <laughs> time. Yet
1: the potential is unlimited. Yeah.
2: You must realize that. Potential to me is, is some is, is someone that ain't done nothing. So I'm I'm. You know, trying to get past the potential, and I want to be—I want to be one of the greats. Trying to learn from other guys in the room and be the best player I could be.
1: Roy Robertson Harris, Bears defensive end, joining us here on Bears All Access. We'll continue with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Segment three with Bears defensive end Roy Robertson Harris, with Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak breaking down. What's happened so far and still a ways to go before the season opener. It feels like uh, it's felt like a real long journey, hasn't it?
2: It sure has. This is the longest preseason <laughs> training camp I've been through, but it's all worth it. Um, we're we're trying to win games this year and, and do what we can to be one of the best teams. Ask him well, how
0: long one of his, well, his seasons Well, personally, were. it's worth it for you because, you know, Roy, realistically, the more opportunities you get to shine in front of the coaches, the more You're going to upgrade your opportunities. Hey, here you are, your college free agent. Today you're meeting the media. You've been through a position change, and now you've got multiple sacks in the preseason. The opportunity you're creating for yourself has to be pretty encouraging for you personally when you come to work.
2: Oh, yes, sir. Um, I definitely love the fact that the coaches are giving me the opportunity to get more snaps. Last year I was running with the threes. Now I'm running with the ones. And uh, rotating with Bull to um, you know get these snaps, and uh, but I definitely love the fact that um, Jay is trusting me, and hey, I want you to I want you to start off, and I want you to you know get as many snaps as you can in the game and in practice, and um, I feel like it's getting me better, and uh, just like I said, giving me an opportunity.
0: Can I put a little bit more pressure on you? I've been talking to <laughs> I've been talking about this with Jeff. Yeah, he's
2: this from a, the day the season started. The success
0: and failure of this football team is going to be decided by the 90s. That's 90, 91, 95, 94 and 99. 96. In and and that's well 96 I'm Kind of putting him on a pedestal, yeah. but I think that that's, that side of the and I mean the Bear, the guys in the Bears jerseys in those ninety numbers, right. Eddie Goldman yourself mm-hmm. Lynch, and, and so I really think that this was a top ten defense last year. This team defense gets in the top five. You guys are going to have a lot of the responsibility for that.
2: I would think so. I mean, the I mean games are won on defense. Um, we've been taught that since we've known the game of football, um, and I, I feel. I feel great to be a part of this defense. Uh, we got a lot of great guys on the front seven, and um, don't I mean we got great DBs too. <laughs> right. But um, being being a defensive end and playing on that front seven is it's a humbling experience. Um, I love the guys I'm around. We got some great team leaders, uh, guys like Akeem and and Danny. I feel like they're they're our defensive leaders. Um, I think we're gonna do great things this year.
1: Three years ago I believe it was uh, April 18th you got a private workout here with the Bears and you were yep. in the same car I think going back to the airport with Leonard Floyd so you yeah. guys struck a relationship right then and there uh, and you've seen each other grow and you've seen what he's going through now another injury sadly hopefully it'll it'll yeah, something to be able to play through and, and with the with the hand injury uh, broken bones in his hand so they're going to see if they could cast it up and let him go to work how is he? uh he's got to be frustrated because that you know that's something that happens to players obviously but it's been successive seasons of trying to overcome something
2: right uh, I talked to Flo he's doing good um his mindset is good he's real positive right now um at the end of the day it's part of the game injuries happen um and at this point it's just a waiting game seeing where he's at um there's not too much I could say about it but um from what I've from what he's told me, he's he's doing fine, his mindset is great, he's ready to play.
0: You know, I think you got a reflection of Leonard Floyd being able to recover and take part in every play at training camp, recovering from the knee injury. Mm-hmm. I think that's a reflection of how important it is to that player. So whatever – you know, this is not a setback. It's just something that you go through during the course of, of having a career. You know, my brother-in-law had a bad finger and played with a stump on his hand for eight weeks. I'm not saying that's Leonard, but – you know, a guy like Leonard has proved to a lot of people that it is important to him, and I think he's got the feet and the athleticism and the length to, if he can play, to play oh, well.
2: Yeah. Leonard, he's going to do fine. Um, he does a good job of recovering. Um, you know, guys guys saw how well he took part in making sure the recovery stuff it was important to him, coming in uh, with his knee, and he did. I think he did a really good job in, in uh, training camp and uh, taking care of his body, so... Um, with his hand, I think he's going to be just fine. Yep. He's going to recover very well. He's going to come and um, and be flow.
1: Roy Robertson Harris, our guest here on Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak. Going back even further in your life and the stories we've read that people have done on you, and there was a lot of stories are written about players leading up to the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the love of the game wasn't quite there initially in your no. career, right? <laughs> Tell us why. Tell us that story. Oh, uh,
2: I didn't I didn't really like sports when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> When I first started playing football, I didn't like hitting. I didn't like getting hit. I told <laughs> I, I told my coach I wanted to play receiver, and he said, okay, cool. The old linemen are down there. I want you to go play right tackle. <laughs> and I, was, I was upset. I didn't know what to do. There was one day I told my mom I didn't want to play anymore and um, showed up to practice just hating it. I didn't like it. And um, once I moved to Texas, things started uh, changing for me. Uh, I was a little bit bigger than most of the kids. Uh, played a little bit of tight end, and then um switched over to defensive end, defensive end, back to tight end, outside linebacker. And then uh early in high school, I told my coach I wanted to play safety. And he's <laughs> and looked and at how, it. How
1: tall were you wearing at that time then?
2: This was my freshman year high school. I was about 6'3", <laughs> um, not even 200 pounds yet. I was still super small. I'd say about 185, maybe 190 at the very most. And uh, I remember asking my coach, hey, I want to play safety. I want to, you know, I wanted to be Troy Palomalu. That was my guy as a kid. <laughs> and he looked at me like, I don't know what you're thinking. You're too big. <laughs> you know, there was no safety in the NFL that big. And so um, I stayed on defense to uh, play defensive end, a little bit of tight end back and forth. And then uh, going into my junior and senior year, that was it. I stayed on defense and uh, got real comfortable. And um, the rest is history. I'm here and playing for the greatest team in the league right now.
1: It's an awesome experience to hear that story, right? Yep. Yeah, awesome yep. journey. You know, even well, th- a guy like him who, <laughs> who's got his entire life dedicated to football. Yeah. he always tells the story about when he went. His mom took him to practice at, you know, the midget football or whatever it was. I, he cried every day. I, yeah. go, I, my I hated first, it. My first
0: two years, I cried every yeah. day on the way to practice. My mom would push me out of the car yeah. and say, "Hey, you'll stop crying when you see your yeah. friends." Because when you're a big guy, you know, you're not choosing a position the position has been chosen for you by birth. Right. So I'm not going to be anything other than an offensive lineman. Luckily, you had the athleticism to be a defensive lineman. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not the funnest of positions when you go out there as an 8-year-old kid to an open field and start, you know, banging
2: yeah. out there. Well, I was I was 12 when I started playing, so I was a little bit older. Um The guys at – be, uh, because the divisions we were playing it was all based on weight right so all the other guys that I was playing with all my teammates were 14 uh 14 15 and I was 12 <laughs> so I'm the youngest but you know I'm one of the biggest guys um but I I hated it I <laughs> I one day I actually did have a crying story I remember coming uh <laughs> coming back to the car and my mom's like hey, what's wrong I, was like, I don't want to do this no more I don't want to play I'm tired of this these guys are hitting me and this and that and uh I mean she, she didn't hey, this is what she wanted to do. This is you know, you chose to play, you chose to sign up for football, so um you have to you have to thug it out for the rest of the season. So that's what I did and um you know, we ended up moving to Texas and obviously Texas is football football, having. A football country, so um got more comfortable and um like I said the rest is history I'm and, here. And, and that was the Dallas area, right? Yes, sir. The yes, Dallas sir. area.
1: From Oakland. From was that Oakland. tough for you as a talk? Tw- Cuz now you're a young team.
2: Uh, I mean at the end of the day it was it is what it is. Uh I had really no choice. It was either you you stay in the Bay Area or you you come with us to Texas and I chose to move and um you know at first I didn't like it. I say the first year I didn't like it and uh started making more friends and um you know, from time to time, I'll still talk to guys from back home in Dallas, um, still keep in contact with everyone in the Bay. So, um, But, yeah, I didn't. at first I didn't like it. I hated it, to be honest.
0: You ever watch Friday Night Lights when it was on?
2: The TV show or the yes. movie? The, the TV, TV show? show? That show was one of my favorite TV shows <laughs> of all time. Well,
0: after the break, we got to talk about it because okay. I kind of got caught into binge-watching that, yes. and it's about high school Texas yep. football. Uh, so,
1: one of the greatest books. Yep. I, I read that book. We'll share Let's bring story. it up yep. after. will yeah, share yeah, stories yeah, sure. about – Uh, Friday Night Lights here with Roy Robertson-Harris, kind enough to join us and spend a a significant amount of his uh, day with us here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The August 25th preseason game against the Chiefs coming up on Saturday, brought to you by Hall of Fame partner United Airlines. The first 25,000 fans entering Soldier Field receive a Bears schedule magnet courtesy of United Airlines. United proudly flying the Bears for over 40 years. Roy Robertson-Harris, our guest. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, before we went to the break, uh, we were talking about Friday Night Lights, the book, the movie, and the series, and, Tom, you said you were a binge-watcher of that show?
0: Right, because Roy's from Texas, and those, you know, I had a successful high school program, but you watch the fabricated TV shows, just everything that's poured into Texas high school football, you know, the support of the signs in the yard, the crowds, and everything like that. Did you have that experience with Texas football at that age, or was it something that's kind of blown up in our minds for the TV show? South Grand
2: Prairie, Texas uh, High School. South (laughs) Grand Prairie uh, is a little bit of a bigger town than um, the uh, fictional Dillon High School. And uh, obviously Odessa. Odessa is a small town, but they're all about Odessa Permian. Being in a bigger city, Grand Prairie is actually right next to the city of Dallas. Um, So they're not shutting stores down. They're not shutting the whole city down to go to our games. Um, Plus we have Grand Prairie, which is on the north side. That's our rival um so you you got two games going on in in the city um so they're not shutting it down to to go to you know either or games but the like playing in the games it's like it was like college right. like the bands playing everyone's screaming their their lungs out you know cheering for us we score a touchdown we make plays on defense the experience of playing in Texas was phenomenal. Mm. You, you can't you can't play high school ball anywhere else. That's plain and simple. Um, what you see in the movies and the TV shows is, is very true, but you're only seeing that in the small towns like Odessa. Everyone shuts the whole city down to go to the games. Everyone shuts the city down. Hey, we're going to state. Well, the whole city is going to travel to state. Um, I didn't get a chance to play in state. Uh, We played Euless Trinity in the first round of the playoffs, and uh, we actually played them pretty good, uh, but they went on and and won state. Were there any
1: other NFL players on that field that day, other than Roy Uh, Robertson Harris?
2: Not that I know of. Uh, I know there was a running back they had, uh, Tevin Williams. I think he went to Oklahoma, and then um, Brandon Carter, he went to TCU, Uh, everybody else. I don't know. just a memory I don't know what doing. <laughs> which is the bulk of players yeah. when
1: you think about it, it's the whole it's the funnel effect yeah. i always talk about everybody plays the, that funnel gets real small when yeah. you start to
2: get the to 2% this level the 2 percent is definitely real or the 1% what is it now that people are saying the 1% 0.1% point, point so
0: was the was the heat extreme cuz now the conditions you're playing in here they got as many beautiful manicured fields outside here the whole facility here in House Hall. did you have to live through the extreme heat of texas and the kind of because if you can live through that it's kind of a springboard to going. Okay, I have a measurable desire to be able to do this, but these conditions are more perfect in the mid or better up here.
2: Uh, well, being being in Texas, uh, you get used to it because you have to. I mean, you can't just pray for snow in right. Texas. So, um, I mean, you live through it. Eventually, your body gets used to it, and um, you know you can't really do much complaining because it's not going right. to change. It's going to be there whether you like it or not. Uh, and then you choose to play the sport so uh, you can you, you can't do too much complaining about it you'll get used to it right, after
1: 1984 a while. uh when i i was just i was senior at iowa state and i my first job offer was odessa texas at a tv okay. station i had never heard of odessa texas i had no i had no idea yeah. and he told me what i was going to make and I, no i think i'm going to stay home but I, <laughs> I but when friday night lights the book came out i read that thing cover to cover a few times like man that must have been something yeah. that, i i missed that opportunity and it was high
0: school sports. You should you get a you should get a globe. Yeah. <laughs> Start <laughs> understanding the equator and where the world is.
1: Uh we're here with uh the man at, at Big Xander ninety five. That's big capital X A N D E R ninety five on Twitter. What's the Big
2: Xander? What's Big Xander? So um, my old handle used to actually be I am Rob Harris for Robertson Harris, but everyone started calling me Rob like it was my first name. So Big Xander, um Alexander's my middle name, so um my gamer tag, actually, on PlayStation, if anybody likes to play <laughs> Fortnite, I'm a Fortnite fan. <laughs> it's young Xander back when I had um, had got my first PlayStation in college. It was young Xander, 43. I was number 43 in college. Now it's big Xander, um, 95. So. So a lot of what, your teammates it,
0: playing Fortnite? Is it Roy Robertson Alexander Harris?
2: No, no, no. It's Roy Alexander Robertson Harris. Okay. Robertson Harris. Okay. Yeah, everyone. So, so long story short, my mom's got married. Her last name is Robertson. My dad's last name is Harris. And um, I got the name change once I graduated from school uh, to have Robertson Harris. Alexander's just my middle name.
1: Who's doing the Fortnite thing with you? Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody.
2: I I try and engage with uh, some of my fans on Instagram and Twitter. Um, If I do get the chance to get on, we obviously been in camp, so I haven't been on in a long time. But uh, summertime, I usually get on with um, any of the fans that invite me. They'll send me invites or – I just want to play for a little bit, so I try and make it. Kyle
1: sure. Long's big into the gaming, too. Do you, do you I'm ever not have... as big as Kyle no, or, dude, dude. Uh, or Tariq. Tariq and Kyle are oh, on really? a different
2: level. I never said anything about being good. I just like, <laughs> I just enjoy playing it with my guys. So, Well,
1: the crazy thing is that the eSports thing, not just necessarily, I don't know, maybe it is, but it's blowing up. I mean, they're oh, yeah. selling out arenas with people to pay money to go watch yeah. young kids play video games. Yeah. It's foreign to guys our age. You know and I wish
2: I had something like that as a kid. my mom she was real big on not letting me play the game. I had to do chores or uh you know read a book for an hour just to get thirty minutes on a playstation
0: but roy you you you're an athlete mm-hmm. you've developed your craft your the entirety of your life. If you would have had access to that and oh, you spent yeah. the hours to it, would you be the? Would you Great be in this
2: seat? Not at all. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would be. I'd be lazy. I'd be. Hey, I just want to play video games all day. Uh, so I do look back and I do thank my mom. Right. Hey, right. I'm glad that you did. Um, you know, limit the time that I had on a video game because that's all I would do. If I had nothing else to do, that's all I would do.
0: Well, you know, when kids and moms listen to the show and they hear you, I I do think it's an important lesson because, yeah, you can always create an incentive or give them an amount of time to play the games, but you still have to cultivate you as a person. And whether you're cross-country to football, you know, you got to take advantage of
2: that. That opportunity. is an outstanding
0: point. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: Absolutely, I think the I think the difference, obviously, like back then, I was a kid, I didn't know it was good for me. Now that I'm at this level and I have a family to feed, I know myself. Hey, I can't spend too much time doing this because I have to do that. I have to go train. I have to go to practice. I have to eat the right things. Little things like that. You know, I have to make those decisions because. I mean, it's a job right. it's you know no longer hey, i'm gonna go play football with my friends out in the park i have this is a living now, so um, you know, the young kids that are hearing this. You know, do listen to your parents, and when they do say, hey, get off the game, it's because they know what is good for you. You don't know yet because you're so young. You won't know until you graduate from college, because even in college I wasn't making the right decisions.
1: (laughs) Roy, you and I did a story last year uh, on radio uh, for a short little segment I do, and we we talked about your dad, Howard. Mm -hmm. how he, He got you up crack of dawn every day tell tell us that story remind me exactly what that was all about what age did he start doing that to you and what impact ultimately is that made on you being a guy who likes to be in the gym and get yourself right so
2: my dad um our first year moving to texas it wasn't really going on just because we were still trying to get used to um moving and moving into the house and finding where we were going to go to school things like that uh going into my freshman year he bought a set of weights f- for me for Christmas, and I looked. I was like, "Okay, you know, this is cool. You know, we lift a little bit." No, this was like boot camp. Like we're getting <laughs> up five o'clock in the morning. He he comes in my room and flips my lights like, "Hey, get up!" It ain't not like, "Hey, man, let's go, man. We're gonna we're gonna go work out real quick." No, just, "Hey, get up!" I'm looking like, "Okay, l- all right, we'll see how this goes." We'll go downstairs, do a bunch of core, and then we'll lift. And then around our neighborhood, I think it's a mile and a half. So he would make me run. the. I thought he was going to do it with me. From time to time, he would. But he would follow me in his car, and I'd have to run the whole neighborhood, which was a mile and a half. That was before school. I would still have to go to practice. I'd wow. still have to – yeah, I'd go to practice later that day, spring ball. I'd get home, and then I'd have to run again all the way to my swimming pool at my school. The nat- I think they call it the natatorium. And he'd make me swim. Uh, what was it, twenty laps? So like down and back was one. So I'd have to do that. And then after that, he'd take me to like Sonic and get me uh, back. <laughs> the Sonic by my high school. They on Tuesdays they'd have like dollar burgers. So he'd give me like three or four burgers. And I'm, you know, he's trying to get me bigger. I'm still like two hundred pounds soaking wet. I'm still a skinny kid. And then. um we do either Sonic Burgers or we'll go to Popeyes and get the Tuesday special, <laughs> and two for two for one special. So, um, I he love was, that yeah. guy. I never met he, him. I love that he, guy. He'll work, he worked me out. as like, hey, you do good, you kill the workout, we'll go eat. And then I had a buddy of mine that, that was that, your character, yeah. Huh? And that was that was what we did. We will grind and then we'll go eat. He know, I every single day I love to eat big. And if I if I worked my tail off, that was my reward. That's How big a like. man is he? My dad is six five. Okay. He's uh. Well, we don't need to know his weight. But he's a big yeah, boy. He's a big guy. He's he's lost weight over time. He's trying to get back in the gym. He's working a lot, so he rarely gets that time. But he's uh he's constantly working. He Works his tail off. Take care of my mom's. Um, so I appreciate that. He he's the reason why I work so hard. And you know, he's taught me how to be a man and how to take care of your family. He's awesome stuff for him. for him. Yeah, you so. definitely,
1: you, you're digging being a dad, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about yeah. that when we come back. <laughs> our final segment, with Roy Robertson-Harris here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and our guest, Roy Robertson-Harris. Outstanding hour of conversation here. We really enjoyed it. Thank you so much oh, for your yeah, time. And, uh, Love hearing about your journey. Uh, and uh, it's the first day of school around these parts, so your son, Jalen, was... Uh, was entered back into the mix, into school, uh, and I've seen pictures and really he- hearing also about uh, what you feel about being a dad. Uh, I think you, you got married right right as football started, right? Yeah. Your pro career, so you're a family man right from the jump. Right from means the jump means a lot
2: to you. Huh? I'm all about family. Um, I'd prefer to have family barbecues instead of going out in the late night. Um, that's just my thing. Uh, that's how, I, how I've always been. Uh, My beautiful wife, Crystal. Uh, We have a a son, Jalen. Jalen Adonis. I wanted Adonis to be his first name, but uh, you know how it goes. Happy wife, happy life. Um, So, yeah, he started school today. He's, um, He's in a monastery school learning how to communicate and, you know, work on social skills with other kids. And um so far so good. We'll see how it goes when they come pick me up today. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, now
0: I'm gonna put you let's expedite you. I and it's it's hard to talk about hypothetical, but do you see yourself being like your dad in the mornings when you are an influence in the person and that your young
2: son's future? Um well I'm definitely gonna let him choose if he wants to play sports. Um once more, the, more
0: just the encouraging of yeah, getting oh, up yeah, in the morning, yeah. let's get the day started. I wanna
2: I wanna encourage him. If it's not with football or any sport in general, whatever he chooses to do, we're going to do it to our full potential. The way that my dad pushed me to play football, I'm going to push my son to do whatever it is that he wants to do. Um, what I am going to not let him do is play football. That's that's what I don't want. Unless he chooses, he wants to. Um, but with just the the injuries that you see, I would prefer him to be in the – uh, in baseball, in my in my choice, I would love him to play baseball or basketball. I say
0: now he grows into a 6'5-and-a-half, six, a, six, a half six six offensive tackle. He's gonna make fifteen million bucks <laughs> coming out of his stance. Uh, you know,
2: I think he's gonna be a little bit leaner than. Uh, so he, I think, if he does play football, he'll he'll be a defensive end. Um, if he if he takes to his mom's side, he'll be a little bit smaller in weight he might be a receiver
0: well that's what I love about your dad you you know from from weightlifting to swimming Yeah, that's that's a big gap of sports opportunities and you know swimming is one of the most difficult individual sports because Mm -hmm. it's just not easy to do so I think
2: next to boxing swimming would be my next uh, most difficult training um, that I've ever done boxing is fun is good you know Everyone wants to, you know, see you put the dupes up, things <laughs> right. like that. But uh, but swim 20 laps and see how you feel. You can't right. even feel yourself sweating, obviously, because <laughs> you're wet. But, uh, but yeah, swimming is one of the toughest workouts I've ever done in my life.
1: Your first cousin played for the Saints, and uh, Tom certainly knows Carl Nix. Oh, yeah. Uh, two-time Pro Bowler, yeah. uh, outstanding player. And, boy, talk about a tough man yeah. as the day is long. has a nasty offensive yeah. lineman right there. Uh, how close were you guys, or are you guys? And is he giving you any uh, – during the process of getting to where you are today, has he helped
2: you in any way? Yo, I talk to Carl every now and then. Um, he's in He's in California with his family, so – um, it's rare that we do talk. When we do, it's, hey, you're, you're doing what you got to do to take care of your family, um, enjoy the moments, and, and train your butt off. Um, I trained with his dad, my uncle. Um, he trained me when I was in high school, uh, getting ready for my junior year. Uh, so I got to spend some time with him. And um, he's another reason why I was able to, uh, to elevate my game going into, going into varsity, because um, I was coming from JV. Um, so he did help me a lot when it came to coming up and getting ready to talk to schools uh, that were coming to you, visit me.
1: You know, Tom, uh, when, when we've painted this picture, thanks to you uh, uh, talking to us this way about your life and be so willing to explain everything, all your journey, uh, I, I'm sitting here evaluating and putting it all together, and I've painted this picture uh, how many people have really touched you and helped you get to, and take this big bodied individual and and help craft him into an NFL football player do you feel that do you realize that that you know people because maybe of, of your size they, they don't want it to go to waste they, they've helped you become the man you are as a football player and as a human being
2: yeah there's definitely uh there's definitely people out there um I can name a long list of uh names of people that's just been out there's been there just hey you're a big dude you don't realize your potential that 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 word potential has been thrown at me since high school you're my head coach used to call me Mr. Potential <laughs> um so it was just like hey you know you don't want this big body to go to waste you know you have a lot of talent you have a lot of this you have a lot of that don't don't, don't let it go to waste um and I feel like I've done you know the things necessary but there's also more that I can do there's always more um Another thing, and I'm going to go back to to Jay Rogers, the one thing that I do love about him is he'll tell me, hey, make as many mistakes as you can so you only know the right way to do it. And um, that has been one thing that, that helped, has helped me um, along this way.
0: Well, all those people that helped you, that's why you say, I'd rather go to a family barbecue than I would to a club, which is nice. Have you ever been threatened by a three-point stance on the offensive side of the ball?
2: Have I been threatened? Well, you know, no, that's the well thing me. about it is it
0: seems like every good defensive lineman, you know, they, they're going, oh, man, I'm so glad they won't put me in a three-point stance to be an offensive lineman. Was there any... You know, some coach maybe looked in and said, "Oh, Roy, you could be a heck of an offensive tackle." Or I've heard
2: that a few times. Um, a year ago, whenever I started to uh, put a little more weight on, I've heard uh, a couple of guys tell me, "Oh, yeah, you look like you could play tackle. You'd be a real athletic tackle." Um, no, <laughs> that's I for shot cover. right? <laughs> I played offensive line my first year playing football, and it was. I mean, I can't – I hate I to all, say it, but it was all big just, guys have that yeah, dividing line. You it, know? It, it, su- it sucks to say, but I didn't enjoy it. But, um, <laughs> hey, I'd yes. rather play defense. Defense is a lot more fun.
1: Sack the quarterback, make everybody yep. happy. Yes, well, sir. continued success. You're off to a great start this season. So, Roy you. Robertson Harris, our guest this week on Inside the Bears, Joel. Eway Booneyway looks back on his emotional draft night and Spice Adams catches up with his former teammate Johnny Knox. Inside the Bears airs Saturdays 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 1035 on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at ChicagoBears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app. That's going to do it for us tonight. All access brought to you by IGS Energy. Thanks to Roy Robertson-Harris, Dan Barelli, Paul Zerang and for Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, Curve Lawrence and Tony Gill helping us out as well. Thanks for listening everybody. Have a great night.